Computer Report readers, listeners, and viewers to another edition of Computer Report Podcast, energized by Celsius. I'm John Ledyard from ComputerReport.com. With me is Matt Matera here, also ComputerReport.com. And it is a casual Thursday, Matt. We are kicking it because there's nothing, man. We There's no news. There's nothing going on. Like We are going to create this pod out of our own t- with our own two hands we're, we're gonna, gonna do the thanos we're gonna do the thanos snap and wham we're gonna get a a great podcast out of it That's right you know there's always a small little window when there's not a ton going on right now which is the case at the moment but rest assured bucks fans i mean next week we got the combine and then it's oh, free it agency. About to... <laughs> so just you know just enjoy the ride you know it's a roller coaster That's you gotta right. go up and then then you go down. So. I never understand when people are like, oh, we have to go all these days without football. It's so horrible. Like, I love football more than any, more than almost anything like I do, especially <laughs> sports. And I'm happy when the offseason comes. Hey, I love the draft. I love free agency. The offseason's a blast. But, I mean, come on, Matt. Like, we can't go at the pace you go at all season all year round long. Like, it's, it's awesome. And other things are awesome, too, you know. And so uh, we're going to talk about some of those things. We're also going to talk about football on today's show. We're going to talk about certainly bucks related football and answer all your bucks related questions free agency tom brady riffs between arians and brady we haven't even really <laughs> talked about that a ton on the pod we can talk about that we can talk about all that stuff today if y'all want to know go ahead and drop the questions for us drop it all in the chat whatever you got um we're definitely willing to talk about and let's get those show. likes let's get those thumbs up let's start it now let's get the thumbs yes. up and the likes now we usually yes, do it later absolutely. in the show but let's let's you know let's start off the bat Right. No question. Let's get those up as well. Here's what I want to start with, though, Matt. What in the world is happening with Aaron Rodgers right now? This is just a very weird situation because the other day, Ian Rappaport goes on Pat McAfee's show and he says, I don't really expect Aaron Rodgers to ask for a trade at this point. What? Like, that's been on the table this whole time. Like, (laughs) so now you just don't really expect him to, to, Ask for trade at all. Okay, well, that's news. That's interesting. That's different. Um, so that means Broncos are out. So it's Packers or retirement is basically what Rappaport said. Now, Rodgers hasn't said that per se. He did say he wouldn't want to go like the free agent route at some point. So he's going to ask for a trade now or, and then an extension with the trade or he's going to extend with Green Bay or he's going to retire. Um, so he said that, but he's not said like he doesn't want to go anywhere. Now, Diana, Diana Rossini uh, says today that Rodgers wants to be the highest paid player in the NFL wherever he goes, wherever he ends up. He is going to let the Packers know his decision soon, and he wants to be paid $50 million per year. Right now he's paid $46 million per year. I think he would Damn. be an increase over what Patrick Mahomes is making of $5 million per year, something like that. So $50 million per year for the Packers for him. Devontae Adams wants at least $25 million per year, maybe more. So there's 75. You count Bakhtiari and Jair Alexander's contracts. You're going to be like at 120 mil between four players. You've got to and cut both <laughs> Smith brothers. Randall and they're Cobb. still not going to get out of the divisional round. <laughs> you well, still don't have a wide receiver <laughs> two. You've got to cut the guy that is your wide receiver two, basically, in Cobb. You're paying two. Well, you're not paying. You used a second round pick on one running back. You're paying another. Why the heck would you re-sign Aaron Jones? If you were just going to draft AJ Daniel, AJ Dillon in the second round, but not really trust him enough to be that guy, if you if you have Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, you shouldn't need two running backs like that. Are it's just yeah, I like AJ Dillon too. Rodgers, they they could have done this, Matt, but they've just they've screwed up all the peripheral stuff. Like you have to build the roster on the fringes well, and now I just I wonder if that window's passed for Green Bay. They've obviously added plenty of talent enough talent to compete but like one of the things that's most overlooked about the bucks is how well they built the roster on the fringes so that there wasn't really these these massively and they didn't waste a ton of draft picks that was huge and the packers i mean they wasted a whole draft basically and just haven't gotten enough return from their recent draft picks yeah uh, it's so funny like how it, it's it, very impressive how the Packers have been able to piss off Aaron Rodgers so much by like not drafting an offensive player in the first round over the last decade. And one of the funniest things for me when I was watching when Rappaport was on the Pat McAfee show before yeah. Rodgers went on, when when he asked him, like, what do you think Rodgers will do? And he Rappaport's essentially like, 
I don't know. I'm waiting to watch your interview with them, and then I'll like make a decision off of that. It's interesting that because you feel like for Rodgers, he's made so I'm never going to knock anyone for wanting to make as much money as they possibly can. But right. when you get to that elite level, and we're putting Rodgers in that category with the you know some of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. At this point, for Rodgers, it feels like all he has he just needs to pad his legacy more, which is at this point just winning another Super Bowl. So he has won more than just one. So the whole getting paid $50 million thing is a little interesting to me because it seems if he just stayed with Green Bay, it seemed, everywhere else around the NFC, like the Bucs clearly have a ton of questions, especially at quarterback. The NFC South, it's crazy that they all have quarterback situations and questions yeah. except for Atlanta who is just waiting for Matt Ryan to leave what well, you know when his contract winds <laughs> they down, want so. they want his contract to expire but it has he's like the only, really he's the only exactly he's yeah, the only now guy by in default, the NFC South <laughs> right. right and then by default they could have the best quarterback in the, in the yeah. division is like even more it's unbelievable you look at the NFC the entire NFC and we'll see what the Rams can do with obviously they went all in and it was worth it because they won the Super Bowl you know, but outside of them and San Fran, sure, you got the Cowboys. But if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I'm thinking, all right, well, you the Bucks are less inferior than they were a, a year ago. Like, let's yeah, I know it hasn't worked, but why not go for it one more time? Because, you know, you're going to get at least one home game with that division. So somebody I don't know, man. It, the, so one of these top quarterbacks, if they actually want to go somewhere and win and you know, I'm looking at you, Russell Wilson, like you should be looking at the Bucs and being like, yeah. I can go there and I could probably win this. Like the Packers are trying to the Packers and the Cowboys are who should be the NFC should come down to those two teams in the Rams, obviously like those three. And right, right now the Packers and Cowboys are the Cowboys narrative is like, are we going to cut Amari Cooper? Like, is that what's going to happen? And I just talked yeah. to people today because I saw the athletic publicist and I talked to some Cowboys who I trust. And I said, oh, wait, Amari Cooper is cut, right? And, and, and John, like, dude, it might yeah. legitimately happen. Like, and John, the, the other side of this too with the whole, oh, he wants to get traded and he wants to go to Denver. I understand that there's some nice pieces there. And many people say that Denver is just a quarterback away from really being a contender. I just don't understand why would you want to go to that division when you're playing Patrick Mahomes twice? The Chargers are clearly an up-and-coming team, and we're one win away from making the playoffs. The Bills, the Bills and the Chiefs, different divisions, same conference, are right. the clear two, the clear favorites to go to the you know to the AFC Championship game. Why do you want to go to such a busy conference where it's not even guaranteed you're going to win your division, let alone? make the play, you know, make a run deep into the playoffs. So yeah. I get it. I get why Denver is intriguing, but you look around the room, it's like, why not just stay in green Bay? It's just as cold. Right. I think, I don't know. I've never been to Wisconsin <laughs> or Denver, but I, I, I don't think it's that much warmer either way. Right. Josh Capo, who just, uh, I said his name wrong yesterday, by the way, absolute shame on me, Matt on the pod. I said his name, his last name wrong. Damn. And, uh, yeah, first week on staff and I mess up his name on the pod, but we're gonna have to get Josh on the pod at some point yeah. to talk contracts over the next couple of weeks for sure. Uh, but he says, yeah, he's right. The Packers basically have to hit on every single draft pick at those salaries. And this gets even more interesting because, uh, Hewitt says here, the Rogers trying to pull a Brady to make them trade Jordan love. This is an interesting situation. I don't know what he means by trying to pull Brady. He's talking about the Garoppolo situation, which I don't think it's the same thing. But he is brings up an interesting part about trading Jordan Love potentially, Matt, because like Josh said, they're going to need to hit all these draft picks to yeah. be able to stay in. And not only that, they're going to need to get some contributions from this year's draft and probably next year's draft right away in order to – Stay up. One of the best ways they can do this is to trade some people. Like they need assets because part of the draft is spraying and praying. That's part of the part of a good process is spraying and praying, right? Look at the bucks. Yeah, situation. I mean, isn't it a 50 shot with the first round? You know, the first if round that, picks. It's a 50 50 shot. Yeah. But I mean, you go, you look at the bucks situation, you trade down, you take Vita Vea, you get yourself another second round pick, you miss on MJ Stewart, you hit on Carlton Davis. And that's the whole thing in a nutshell. Like yeah. you give yourself more chances to get it right. That's what you want to do in the draft. The Packers need to do that. I mean, they need to trade Jordan Love if they're going to commit to Rodgers for a four-year contract. Like, There's just what no way around it. What and they said, they what did he say? He said, he, oh yeah, they picked the fullback. <laughs> they picked the Gora. They picked Dylan. It's like, these guys can... Meanwhile, Rodgers like, yeah. hates the Gora and he drops the ball. It's just a mess. Right. But the funniest thing was Gudikins got asked yesterday. It was like, um, 
would you take trade offers for Jordan Love? And he was like, I doubt that I would answer those phone calls. I was like, buddy, I doubt you're going to get those phone calls. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, I saw that. Jordan Love has barely <laughs> like, played and he sucked and he was a bad prospect anyway. You missed. The Don't Bucks probably like have a better chance out. of trading Kyle Trask than the Packers I mean, 100% do, they the Packers they do. do Jordan Love. Yes. Yes, absolutely. The, you saw Jordan Love start in a game. Granted, I believe it was against Kansas City, right? And so, you know, that's not the easiest team oh, to, yeah. uh, you know, play against. But you saw him. Kyle Trask, we still haven't seen him play in a regular season yeah, game. So there's no. still that allure yeah. and that. And more you know, contract miss, control. You know. More years of contract control. Yeah. yeah. I mean, J- Jordan Love was a worse prospect than Kyle Trask straight up. Like, he, you people, uh, the tools, and maybe get higher upside. I'll give him that. But. It, that's a fool's goal to the quarterback position a lot of the time. And the Packers got, they got caught, buddy. Like they could have maximized this window as it is now. I see them behind the Rams and we'll see what happens obviously with the rest of this offseason. We'll see. I do think Rodgers is going back. So obviously they'll still be in a contending window, but their whole situation is fascinating because Rodgers is about to be the highest paid quarterback in the league, probably there. And Devontae Adams, he's only going to do that if they make Devontae Adams the highest paid wide receiver in the league. So they are literally letting Rodgers completely hold them hostage despite having a quarterback. They went in and took the first round pick. This was the situation they wanted to avoid when they drafted Jordan Love. Like, this was the only reason to draft Jordan Love. Because they've and seen it before with Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. Right. It's literally it's the same. Backfired. Like, maybe not exactly literal, but it's very, very similar situations. It's All we need is Aaron Rodgers to retire. All we need is Aaron Rodgers to retire and then a month later decide that he wants to play. And, uh, well, he can't go to the Jets this time, but I guess he yeah. could go to another random team and play there. Bucks? So. Yeah, <laughs> I well, I wouldn't call the Bucks either. random, but... Uh, that's right, yeah, that's yeah. But it's just funny because the, the only defense for the Jordan Love pick at the time, the only defense, because he was not a good prospect, he was not, like, just period. Like, it just didn't make any sense. They needed other positions. There were good players on the board. There was only defense for it was... Well, in a couple of years, Rodgers can't hold you hostage to be the highest paid quarterback in the NFL when you're already in cap hell and need to be have a lot lesser paid option there. And now that's exactly what is happening, which is yeah. just incredible. So the one scenario <laughs> it could have potentially saved them from long term is still going to backfire on them. And yet they're going to act like they don't want to trade them or like there's a market for them out there. It's just it's bad. It's a real bad situation. I mean, they could still compete this year. So. Yeah. You know, another team gets injuries and you win the Super Bowl, gets the Super Bowl. You know, maybe you say it's worth it, but the window is going to be small for them. And it there's going to be hell to pay here down the road here in, in a little bit. All right, we got some questions here. By the way, Casey Hudson may join us on today's show. It is going to be down to the wire. We're just going to wait and see if she we pops will up see. Yeah, uh, we we put don't it, know. She's the, getting tatted, it, right? Uh, is she getting a tattoo? Bet, bet, bet amongst each other, like, will yes. she or won't she appear on the podcast today? It's right. just simple yes or no. Put down Super Chats. We'll send you your money back. <laughs> I don't know how to do that. <laughs> uh, we appreciate this Super Chat from John. How do you weigh positional value in the draft, specifically spending early round picks on positions with generally purportedly lower value? This is a great question from John. I know people do it differently yeah. for sure. I have my personal opinions on it that I believe are pretty heavily backed by what analytics uh, analytical studies will tell you that the most important positions, obviously quarterback, everybody agrees on that one. Um, after that, it does depend somewhat on your scheme, but for the most part and in, in what your roster currently looks like, but for the most part, wide receivers, tackles, edge defenders, and cornerbacks. And I might put cornerbacks at the top of that grouping. Um, they would probably be the next group. And it does depend some on your scheme and some on what you already have in your roster. Like if you're in terms of, if you're weighing a certain player, but I would say those are the next positions. And I would, I would flesh out edge defender to say like, almost be like dominant pass rusher skill set. So if that happens to be a defensive tackle, it's very rare in the draft. It's been very rare over the last few years in the draft. We've seen a huge dry spell right now, defensive tackles, especially they can rush the passer in the draft. Um, if you if you come across that early in the draft, then I would value that highly, but it's just very rare. So we usually just go edge defender in that grouping. But I would add pass rushing defensive tackle prospect in there as well at that group. And then if you're making like there could be like a single high free safety exception, like an Earl Thomas like prospect that can change your scheme that you might say, okay, his value needs to be greater than the regular than a regular safety. And I would guess some people would say, I haven't studied his tape yet, but I've seen him live. He looks absurd. But I would guess some people would say Kyle Hamilton 
is in that range. And then the positions I just personally wouldn't draft high are running back and linebackers. So yeah, you hate running Devin White, Jason Light. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't draft them high for sure. Yeah, yeah. I would yeah, draft I, the running backs in the second round, though, for sure. Right, but yeah. I wouldn't I, care about taking them in I the think, first round. I, I think everything, everything, for the most part, is a case-by-case basis. But I, I I tend to lean towards just, especially when you're in the Buck situation of, obviously, they drafted 32 last year, and they're drafting pretty late this year, too. You know, I kind of lean towards best available type of player. Now, granted, of course, you know, if uh, and again, it's, it's different for the Bucks this year, too, because if there was like a really good edge rusher still there and then you got to go to the money position, as you said, receiver, edge rusher, uh, quarterback, if you're in that situation. And, and I do think like if there's an edge rusher late in the first round, I, I don't think anything should stop the Bucks from drafting that player, even with Joe Tryon, Chayinka and Shaq Barrett having, you know, that. The, the big contract from a couple seasons ago. And same thing with like cornerback. If if there's the cornerback that the Bucks truly believe in, because they've gone through the carousel at, at that position. But yeah, I think you lean towards that first. Occasionally there will be a player that is so good that he transcends like, okay, it doesn't matter that he's this position or that position. Let's right. go and get him. Right. running back. Of course, yeah. too. I don't think you have to wait until the second round, even yeah. like if it's a guy I like Saquon even, Barkley. Right. I mean, that's what I mean. If you just said if there's a super special prospect at other positions, I would agree with you. At running back, though, you had that with Saquon Bar. Like, you have had that a couple times. And either A, they're wrong on the assessment, like a Leonard Fournette, and maybe they're a little bit wrong on the Saquon Barkley, but the health is just going to be an issue. Like, you just odds of getting a second contract out of the I feel really, I feel so bad for running backs. Because, like, they really just get a, you know, the the short end of the stick. Like for uh, yeah, kid, I mean, kids in middle school and high school, like if yeah, you get to position. choose your position, like play wide receiver without yeah. question. Play yeah. wide receiver. When I was a kid, Don't it was all about running backs. backs. I mean, people love you know, it's just the, the yeah. positions just changed a lot over the years. But I mean, you can't look at a big contract. You know, maybe Derrick Henry, we'll see how his plays out this past year, though. Big injury. It just doesn't really work out for any of these dudes. Christian McCaffrey hasn't really, I mean, Kamara's completely fallen off this past year. Zeke, like after he himself. got his deal, Zeke. Zeke's not the same guy. People are saying Zeke. Tony Pollard is, you know, better running yeah. back. Yeah. I Zeke. mean, Tony Pollard's been better than for like two years, I think. So, yeah. I mean, I mean, obviously he's got, he's not horrible. He's just not a, spe- like, he's not a difference making player. Like, he's just not, you know, it just doesn't work out for these guys. Like, when you sign um, them to long term deals, we, Devontae Freeman was another one we saw that with. I mean, there's been a ton over the years. You know, Henry might be the guy that bucks that trend. We'll see. But this past year, you know, you see the red flags going up. And you also wonder what's the ceiling for Tennessee with, with, if Derrick Henry, if your offense is, your offense runs through Derrick Henry, what's the ceiling for your offense? We just, yeah. I mean, you can look at any teams in recent years that are getting there. It just shows that you don't have to invest in running back to be successful. And if you look at Super Bowl teams and teams that are playing in the Super Bowl and the championship games and stuff like that, it's just not nearly as important. So I would just never use a first round pick pretty much on a running back. And I don't think there's a concern of that this year for what it's worth. Uh, Mark's main channel here with a good comment. I'd be content with Trask, but the Bucks talked about a big swing. We need to kind of address this on the show. And I know it won't be the only time we address this, I don't think, Matt, but people have to understand it is incredibly difficult. It is probably the most difficult thing to land a top tier quarterback in free agency or in a trade. Like the Bucks, they don't come around often, right? Tom Brady is not hitting the market that often. Like it just isn't happening. And and especially at that age, that's going to be that good too. You know, people thought people thought his skill set had eroded. They didn't think it was going to happen like it did in Tampa Bay. There, people were genuinely stunned. Not just anybody, not fans. People around the league were genuinely stunned to see how good he was in Tampa Bay. Like Jason light deserves way more credit than he gets uh, for that move. And and for the turnaround that happened there. But I just think it's very, very hard. So people can say, Oh, the bucks talked about a big swing and we ended up with Blaine Gabbard, Cal Trask, Teddy Bridgewater quarterback. This sucks. The bucks screwed up. They didn't screw up. Brady retired. They went yeah. all to get to make sure to open that window and to give, and the roster would still be good if Brady come back. He retired because he was one to be done with football. And they per, they are pursuing those other options. They are looking at those other options. If there's a path, they're going to do it. Like there's no question. But the and likelihood I, that there's a path is just not very high, Matt. It's just a I, very low. Well, probability. yeah, exactly, John. Not only is it very tough to land uh, a quarterback in free agency, it's extremely difficult to do that twice. All right, they yeah. already got lucky with with having Brady available because when you have a good quarterback or a great or the greatest of all time in the Brady situation, you don't let that quarterback go. All right, so it's very rare. Like when Drew Brees left Miami, uh, no, the Chargers, and then he almost went to Miami. He went to the Saints. Like that doesn't happen 
too often at all. And then it was crazy last year with, you know, or two years ago, with like Brady and Rivers and so many guys. The best thing the Bucs could hope for or teams that are looking to get quarterbacks through free agency, the best thing that a team like the Bucs this year can hope for is if the NFL starts moving, and I don't think this will necessarily be the case, but if the NFL starts moving towards how you see in the NBA with a guy like James Harden, who like is a star player and really, really wants out and kind of forces a trade. You're seeing that a little bit. We'll see what goes on with Rodgers, and there's rumblings about Russell Wilson might really want to get out of town and try to, you know, extradite yeah. that process. The Bucks got to hope for like that NBA type of uh, situation to go down. Yeah. I'm not saying it will. I don't, I'm not saying that's going to be the yeah. status quo then, for, the, for the NFL yeah. moving forward. But and even know. then, your offer has to be better than everybody else's, or you have yeah. to be a more preferable destination than anybody else's. And and maybe they are that for a guy like Deshaun Watson if it comes to it. We talked about that a little bit on the show yesterday that, yes, the Bucs might not have the best offer out there for Watson because the team's pay higher in the draft and probably will next year too, but they might have the, be the only place Watson will be like, yeah, I'd go there. I'll go I'll go play there with Mike Evans and, and Chris Godwin when, we, when they re-sign him and you know, all those things. Like he might be, you know, yeah, praise <laughs> me. But, yeah, I mean, that might be a legitimate scenario that plays out where it's like, okay, that's the only place he'll go. Like, it doesn't matter for offers, not the best. Like, that's where he's going to go. That's what, that's what you get. And that's where, the, they don't that's where the Russ thing would be so big because he has a no trade clause. So he can literally pick his next location to, mm-hmm. a, you know, to a degree because the same, uh, the Seahawks could just say, no, you're staying with us. But, um, right. Yeah. I mean, right. It's, both those guys can do that. Yeah. That's, I don't think it's likely, but you never know. Never say never. Yeah. Here's a, here's Justin a question. And Tom Brady said, right. <laughs> here's a question from john is there a limit on what you would give up for d watson on the field purely on the field uh, let me just say off the field i'm not even going to talk like we need well let's see how thing everything goes over the next couple months seems very naive to believe that this guy that all this stuff is is just smoke and that he isn't into some stuff off the field. you know this lot too many red flags there for me to believe that he's completely fully innocent in this situation so we'll see how the next couple months go on the field purely on the field no, there's no limit because quarterback prospects like that just don't come around that often. So they're going to ask for three firsts and three thirds. I'm going to give them three thir- firsts and three thirds. Like you're the Bucks, you've already built the roster, you've drafted well. You can get uh, comp picks as other guys leave, so you can get some of the thirds back. Uh, you'll have your second still. Um, you're going to be low first anyway. You'll have your second still. Maybe you trade something else at some point, an asset. Maybe you trade and ask for something. I don't know. I, I don't know what. But you've already built a really good roster. You you know you're going to be able to as the cap goes up make a couple fringe moves here and there. If you need to give up those first, I think you put yourself in a position where you can do that. I mean, last this draft class is not great as it is. Um, you know, next year's we'll see. But I, I don't. I would do it on the field with his situation off the field. There's no chance I'd even think about trading for Deshaun Watson right now. Right, and that's why the that situation has to handle itself because you obviously don't want to trade for a quarterback who's then suspended for a whole season. But yeah, I mean, three first round picks obviously sounds it really jumps out to you. But yeah, I mean, if you were to guarantee that you would get Deshaun Watson, the on the field player, for three years, yeah, you would just say your first round pick each season is Deshaun Watson. And the Bucks are a team, obviously, because we follow them and report on them closer than anyone or anything else like the bucks almost at times maybe not recently but in the past have like done better in the from the second round on than than they have in the first round i mean carlton davis was a second round guy jordan whitehead was later on Uh, you know half the the offensive line were guys that were not taken in in the first round or almost all of them i'm pretty sure so uh, the bucks could navigate still finding great players to add to the team through the draft without having a first round pick because again also too in this hypothetical situation where the bucks have the sean watson they're probably picking in the late 20s if not 32nd overall to begin with so yeah i mean for that type of risk for that type of player that you would think you're going to have for a decade what's three first round picks to that right not nothing really i mean honestly it's it's not a big deal because if you don't have the quarterback you don't have anything and you've already invested in this roster you know it's ready to win now so you can spend the next couple of years recycling through your teddy bridgewaters and your caltras and your gabberts and your cousins at best and things like that but none of those guys are going to get you where you need to go and watson could get you where you need to go so you, yeah. you got to take that chance it's kind of like the russell wilson situation it's not going to cost as much because he's older and there's less term on his contract i think 
but it's kind of like that situation where it's like, all right, like you got to try this, like no question, you got to try it. Um, and so, and you know, Watson's not going to be horrible there. So if you ever wanted to try and trade him and get a younger prospect, a quarterback, if that was on the table for you, you could, you could trade him, you know, once his contract's a little more tradable and it's not like you're stuck with him forever. Cause he's not going to be horrible in Tampa Bay. Like it's not like he's going to be a total bust. Everybody quarterback who's good, who's ever played in Bruce Aaron's offense has put up numbers. Um, you know, yeah. if you decided it wasn't the best fit for whatever reason, you could move him, and it's not like there would be no market for him. Um, like it would be with uh, with even a, I mean, even Jimmy Garoppolo's got a market, and he's just been objectively like below average for like two straight right. years. So, like, you know, I, I, you know, if that's the case, then you're going to be able to move him eventually if you if you needed to. So, yes, I, I, I go in for it on the field, off the field, wouldn't even consider it at all right now. Um, somebody asked, let me pull up this question here. Um, this was a good question. Decent cornerback group this year. Actually, good cornerback group this year, I'd say, from what I've seen. I need to watch way more um, of the cornerback class in the draft. But one of the few position groups that actually looks like it's it's pretty good um, in this class. Who could be – which cornerbacks could be Bowles guys? You know, obviously Sauce Gardner could be, but I think most people expect him to go high in the draft. He's 6'3", 200, mm -hmm. uh, Cincinnati corner, uh, really good tape and good production. So I think everybody thinks he'll go high. Trent McDuffie is small, not long, so he it might take him off the Bucks' radar. But a great zone corner who can play man, who could probably play inside and outside, great tackler, ferocious. Everything Vernon Hargraves was not on the field. So maybe if the Bucks were going to go outside their prototype, they could even look at him if he falls. Uh, Kyer Elam from Florida, definitely their prototype, big corner, very physical. Yeah, he's been scrimmage. like people always love to link, you know, the Florida, Florida sense. State guys, yeah. Miami guys. To Florida yeah, too. and in this case, I think it makes sense, Matt. Like he's definitely a yeah. guy that could that could play for Bulls. Yeah, he's been there. he's been mocked to the Bucks in a couple, mm -hmm. you know, mock yep. mock yep. draft roundups. He'll probably be in a PFF one or in a uh, Peter Report one at one point. We'll see as we get closer. Obviously, we got to yeah. see what happens with all their cornerback room and whether they feel like they need to add somebody who can help them or not um andrew booth uh you know from clemson could be another one but again you might be looking later in the draft and you might not be looking at all i mean they might not want a corner at all like they they could want okay our fourth corner is going to be a veteran we've gone that route for a couple of years and you know, we're going to keep playing right that's the, that's the crazy part like if the bucks took a corner with their first or second round pick it, i it would see everyone me being like first round pick Right, and it'd be like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. And then if the Bucks didn't draft the corner at all, I think everyone would also be like, oh yeah, okay, well they want to keep Jamel yeah. Teen and Sean Murphy Bunting, and obviously Will Carlton Davis is first, but you get what I'm trying to say. So yeah. that that's what's so much fun about this year's draft for the Bucks specifically, because there's things they need. There's not too many things that's like desperately needed besides wide receiver two and wide receiver three. Um, so there's so many different routes that they can take. Right. Yeah, for sure. And Joey, good point here. I'm still mad Jason Light didn't win executive of the year for the 2020 season. Yeah, it is absurd. People that think Brandon Bean and Chris Ballard are somehow better than Jason Light. Just I don't honestly don't know what they're drinking. Like, look at the comparison for five years now. There isn't one. Yeah. Like those guys get talked about as the best GM in the league and Light does not get talked about in the same, pardon my pun, Light. And it's just ridiculous. Like it makes absolutely no sense why that there's just ample evidence that he's one of the best GMs in the NFL. And on every front, on cap structure, on contracts, on player picks, um, yeah. relationships, on draft picks, on free agency, like all of it, he's crushed. Super Bowl speeches, yeah, the Super Bowl speeches. <laughs> I mean, again, he's awesome. Um, podcast appearances. That's that's why I have podcast appearances. That's why I have faith that the Bucks are going to be end up being fine. It might not look like it this year, but I do think eventually that they are going to be. Uh, Vortex says, John, do you think there is value to bring a quarterback like Bridgewater in who at least gives you a small chance? so long as you make the playoffs to win a Super Bowl. I do not think so. Matt, I want to get your take in a second, too. I don't think there is any value in bringing in a quarterback like Bridgewater. Literally, it may get you from five wins to eight wins, but that what is the ceiling? I mean, Bridgewater is just not very good. We know this. We have ample evidence of him in several systems, several schemes. He is not very good. There is no ceiling. There is a very limited ceiling with Teddy Bridgewater as your quarterback. You cannot attach yourself to quarterbacks like that. I mean, even a better version of that would be a quarterback like a Cousins, maybe even a Carr, although he has improved at least in the right. last couple so, years. Right, so the way I look it. at it, John, and I'm pretty sure you've said this before, and I couldn't agree with you more, whether it's Bridgewater, Cousins, Jimmy G, 
Like, what do they bring to the Bucs team, or how much better do they make the Bucs team by having them as your starting quarterback versus having Blaine Gabbard in there, who's been with the team the last three years, has more chemistry with the guys on the roster, and goes back to, you know, 2017 being on Bruce Arians' team when he was with the Cardinals. Like, how much of an upgrade is that Kirk Cousins, is that Jimmy G, is that Teddy Bridgewater? I don't really think there's much of an upgrade at all. And everyone wants to say, well, oh, well, Blaine Gabbert was terrible to start his career. Well, no, duh. He played for the Jaguars, and they've ruined billions and billions and billions of careers. The only guy that I would be like, okay, I kind of like this guy, would be Derek Carr. And I think that's more as well, too, just because the leadership ability, the what he's been able to do as a starting quarterback. I mean. The turmoil that the Raiders went through last year and Derek Carr was still up front and, you know, spoke out and helped lead the team to the playoffs. I think he'd be an intriguing guy with the Bucs. But everyone else, I really don't see an upgrade for like Teddy Bridgewater over Blaine Gabbard. No, I'm taking Blaine Gabbard in that situation. Where is the where's the big upgrade? I mean, I think Teddy's better for sure. But the problem is it doesn't do enough for you to get you if Gabbard. It might be horrible, and you might be picking at the top of the draft, and that's better than picking in the middle of the draft. But you're not right. going to be picking in the Super Bowl winning range of the draft in the 25 to 32 range. You are not going to be there. Like you're just not. So don't and, do it, John. I, I think I think another thing too is yeah, if everything goes wrong with the Blaine Gabbert situation, well then here's your opportunity. If you're out of the playoffs and everything later in the season, here's your opportunity to get Kyle Trask in the game, get him some live in-game right. reps and everything meanwhile, like that. You, yeah, meanwhile, you, you haven't you have given there with up Kyle an Trask. asset. Right, yeah. and you haven't given up an asset for anybody. That's, well, and that's, that's the big thing, like too. Wins. Most of these guys, too, you have to trade draft capital to get these players, and right. I don't think it's worth losing that type of capital to get a run-of-the-mill quarterback. Especially one who doesn't fit the system. That's the thing people really need to understand. Is Jimmy Garoppolo better than Blaine Gabbert? Yes, but Jimmy Garoppolo in the Bucks system is probably not. He would be horrible in the system. Yeah, that Twitter thread. I mean, <laughs> Twitter thread, the, uh, right? That I showed you. Like, yeah, I had a couple PFF, things yeah. go up about, like, basically just about this. Like, no quarterback in the league has thrown the ball 20 yards or more in the air less than Jimmy Garoppolo. He is, in a lot of ways, the opposite of Tom Brady. Not in terms of necessarily, not like he has this horrible arm or anything. He is classic. It's amazing because he still throws picks. That's how you know it's bad. But he does not put the ball down the field. You know, he puts the ball short to intermediate and still throws picks. But he doesn't put the ball down the field. Like he is exactly the opposite of what you would want in this offense in terms of a prototype. He is the antithesis of a Bucks quarterback, of an Arians quarterback in every way. Even Bridgewater will throw the ball down the field. I wouldn't call it a great strength. He does not have great physical tools. You know, he there's just a whole lid on everything for Bridgewater, but he will actually put the ball down the field. Jimmy just won't do it. And even two years, three years ago, he was actually good at it. He was accurate at it, Matt. And he did yeah. it at a at a at the last at the he was the last ranked quarterback in the NFL in terms of those throws. He threw threw the ball twenty yards or more in the air, less than every other quarterback in the league. And he was good at it. He was one of the highest in terms of adjusted completion percentage. But now he's twenty some years old. He is not going to change the way that he plays. He is not for years. He's bypassed those options down the field to go underneath to go short to intermediate all the time. It would drive Bruce Arians absolutely out of his mind to play football with Jimmy Garoppolo as his quarterback. And we just drive him crazy. That was the most underrated thing about Brady. People never understood until Tampa Bay how aggressive he was. Yes, he knew how to be efficient, but he also knew how to be aggressive. That's what made him a great quarterback and not and not the game manager label people tried to put on him, especially early in his career. Um, and even in, I mean, I, you even see people later in his career. That was the biggest thing that people don't understand about him. Just because he was efficient in situations doesn't mean he isn't also ultra aggressive when he needs to be and when the opportunities are there. And that's just, what makes him great. And Jimmy just doesn't have that. I just can't get over the interception he threw in the playoff game against the Cowboys that let the Cowboys get back into the game. <laughs> I just like I just keep thinking of that interception and I'm just just thinking he can't come to the box. And that's time. all the time with him. That's all yeah, exactly. the time. He's just I just think people don't people who don't understand and don't know the steam part just think oh he's better than it's just it's so much i can live with the inner with some interceptions too in an offense but when it's just the ones that make you shake your head after like what were you looking at what were you trying to do that's the type of stuff i just the bucks can't you know let go down in their offense i mean no question it's it it adds a challenge uh vortex says are you guys going to cover the tampa bay bandits 
we are not going to cover them per se, but we might talk about it on this podcast a little bit, Matt. Have you seen this roster? Um, I I saw some of it. I think the Bandits, from a marketing aspect, fantastic job drafting a guy named Michael Scott because you could just use gifts yes. and memes and everything from the office every single time he makes a play. So if you want to generate interest in your team and you know a lot of that is social media, uh, that's an A plus move. <laughs> they got a guy named Michael Scott. Yeah, um, I mean, outside of that, Tayamu is John Franklin's on this team. John yeah, Franklin, yeah. We'll see if he's so back. In terms of getting now. interest locally, <laughs> they did a really good job in that. Obviously, it's really tough to tell until you see them, you know, practice right. and get going. Hey, but, Eli you know, Rogers I, was Eli Rogers was he had a cup of coffee with the Steelers and he was he made some great plays. I mean, he was. I hope they have a forget. great season. I hope they win the championship. I awesome. would love to see. They're playing. They're playing in like in Canton, Birmingham. Right? Isn't oh, Birmingham. Birmingham. I think Alabama, okay. yeah. Right. Hopefully, maybe but, The Rock will come to Tampa at some point. Yeah. That would be really cool. I mean, they got a quarterback named Brady. That's a good job. Yeah. Quarterback Brady <laughs> yeah. White. Eli Rogers got to be the most accomplished receiver that was drafted in this league, I'd imagine. I mean, he had he was the legitimate factor for the Steelers for two years. He had some good, good games. He had the catch. Do you remember the A B immaculate extension against the Ravens on Christmas when he got hit at the goal line? Yep. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So people forget earlier in that drive. Rodgers had like a crazy fingertip falling down third oh, down really? catch on a Ben <laughs> Roethlisberger scramble play. Yeah, he was like running across the field, just like snagged it while going to the ground. It was a sick catch, and it allowed the immaculate extension to happen. So, yeah, good, cool. good player. John Franklin's out there. Jordan Lasley from uh, UCLA. So people liked him on tape. Derek Willies. They got a big jump ball, contested catch, super long-armed wide receiver in Willies. Um, I like Jordan Tiamu, their first overall pick, the second pick in the draft. They got. Uh, I remember when Jordan he was Tiamu. at the Shrine Bowl. Yeah, he, he was, was at the East West Shrine him. a couple I mean, of years ago. Yep he he would uh he he was a backup in the NFL for a little bit and you know I I think he has potential in this league. He was an XFL. I think he did well in the XFL. So yeah, yeah there's some interesting prospects there. I mean, there's some guys I know their names, but I don't really remember their evals that much and what they have here. But what are they drafting defense later? Or I feel like there's some. Oh wait, wait, I see it. There's a second page. Obi Malafonwu is on their team. He has to be one of the highest drafted guys that is in this league. He was an early second round pick from UConn. Still has one of the best combines of all time for a defensive back. Freak <laughs> athlete. Just doesn't like to hit people. Um, yeah, Dalen Mack, defensive tackle. Really liked him coming out of Texas A&M. He's a good player. Could rush him. Mean, he's explosive for a big dude. Yeah, they have some players, dude. Cheyenne O'Grady, was, if, he if he loved football and had his head on straight, he would have been a player in the NFL, tight end that they picked up in the, the end of the draft. So. Hey, you know what, too? You know what, too, John? The the XFL team, the Vipers, were like so bad that the USFL mm -hmm. team now, the Bandits. Obviously, you you have the nostalgia because there used to be the Tampa yeah. Bay Bandits, and um, so honestly, they don't really have a lot of groundwork to make up because <laughs> the other team was so bad that uh, a different right. league. But you know, oh, know. get a couple wins, well, they'll get some interest. We'll see. Yeah. yeah, people like the arena football team, the Storm. They were good for a while. I mean, these leagues really don't work, but I know. Yeah, I, hope I don't know. <laughs> I, I tend to believe in the rock, though. Like if anyone can right. get it done, it's the rock. Uh, I agree with that. Leo uh, with the $5 super chat. Thank you. John got eaten alive every time he picked against the box the last two years. That's true. I got a feeling John can breathe easy this year if he picks us to lose. You know, I always just pick with what I actually think is going to happen. And I, I know a couple people get so, like, so offended. They think like, I'm like, actually, if, I if they don't go the undefeated and win every game by 30 points. Yeah, Come I mean. On. We're fine. Uh, it's it's funny because if you pick them before realistic. the year, if you say before the year, Matt, they're going to go 14 and three. And then everybody's like, oh, great. Yeah, that's fine. Now I think they'll go 14, three, two. Then when you actually pick them to lose three times during the year, yeah. people are like, that can't happen. Like, what right. are you talking about? I'm like, the, like, I have to have them losing dastardly. at some point. <laughs> I don't think they're going to go undefeated. Yeah. Like, it is funny. Not to mention, you works. were pretty much right every single time they lost. Most but. times, yeah. This year, yeah. What I get four wrong? Paul only got three wrong, I think. I, I picked them to beat the Rams. I thought they were going to beat the Rams. You know, yeah, I, me too. I really did. Almost happened. Thanks, Todd Bowles. Thanks, Todd Bowles. I know. So Unreal. close. Unreal. That hurt. Uh, they would have won the Super Bowl. You know? Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. People forget. It, it's that close, man. Like, it comes down right, to. Because then they have a home game against the yep. Niners. We saw what they were. And in the Niners, if they can't run the ball, and the Bucs would have just geared totally out stop, and made Jimmy throw the ball. It, it, they were mad. Uh, <sighs> anyway, uh, Lawrence, $5 Super Chat. Would the Bucks fix their offense and free agency and defense in the draft? or vice versa, 
Well, let's just see what happens. I mean, we don't even know like what's going to happen. Yeah, like, it's tough to tell because like Gronk offensively, right? Offensively, I immediately went to tight end. I'm thinking, all right, well, you have Cam Brate, but you probably need two more. You're not going to draft two tight ends in one draft. Mm-hmm. So like, you'll probably get one late round and then one in free agency. And you know, you could do the same thing at running back as well. Mate, like if Giovanni Bernard comes back, and then you draft the running back. So. I think especially for the offense, it's really going to go hand in hand. Even like offensive line, if Ryan Jensen leaves, you know, you if you trust Robert Hainsey, then that's technically going through the draft because you picked them last year. Um, it, there's a lot of different variables to it. I, I don't think it's, you know, they're strictly going to go right. one they way won't. free agency and the other in the draft. It's, right. you know, it's a, it, it definitely varies. Yeah. You know what doesn't vary at all? Well, it does vary in terms of flavor, but it does not vary in terms of ability to deliver on its promise is our title sponsor of today's show, Celsius Energy Drink. Celsius powers active lives every day with essential functional energy and a ton of amazing flavors, including the wild berry, the strawberry guava, the Fuji apple pear, the orange, the tropical vibe, the watermelon, some new flavors that are coming our way very soon that I cannot wait for in one new flavor that I already have in my hand, the sparkling mango passion fruit it is fantastic no sugar essential energy accelerates your metabolism it burns body fat and they taste amazing how can you get these well let me tell you about it right now you can go to pewterreport.com and you can click on those banner ads at pewter report or you can go to celsius.com use the store locator find out where they are near you or do the amazon subscribe and save option get them coming to your house on the regular it's terrific stuff and if you want, which you should for sure, try and check out the Fast Pro Bars. I cannot recommend them enough. They are incredible. They're the best protein bars I've ever had. I didn't know much about energy drinks. I didn't drink energy drinks really before Celsius. I've been pleasantly surprised. These are the best protein bars. I've had protein bars my whole life. Tons of different brands. These are the best ones I've ever had. I, I kid you not. White chocolate cookies and cream, chocolate caramel peanut crunch. There's a link in the uh, YouTube description here that you can click on. Uh, that will give you an idea. It will, it will help you uh, purchase those and purchase a variety pack of those. Um, but also you can use 20% off right now on Amazon. Use the promo code HOLDFAST20 and that'll give you 20% off right now when you try them. I cannot recommend it enough. It replaces sweets. It can replace a meal. The protein is invaluable. 20 <laughs> grams of protein in these. It's absolutely outstanding stuff. It really is. So make sure you get an opportunity. Uh, if you get an opportunity and, and are interested in those, definitely check that out because I can't. I mean, they taste, uh, they're really just taste outstanding. I, I, I wouldn't lie to you about it. It's, it's really that good. Yeah. So. I'm rocking a, Great finally stuff. rocking a different can this time. I got the, uh, the peach vibe, the Celsius peach vibe, Ooh. uh, sparkling white peach. So I'm actually going to have that right that's, now. I was going to uh, say, that's okay. actually one of the best ones. If you haven't had it, it's really, really good. So, all right, let's keep rolling on the questions here. I know some people want to hear us talk maybe about, oh, somebody said, is Kyle, Kyler Gordon going to jump to cornerback three after blowing up the combine? Maybe I honestly don't know. I haven't watched much of him yet, but it's possible he could move up the board for sure. I don't think the cornerback situation is very settled right now in terms of the hierarchy. Most people believe Sauce is going first, but then it, we'll see. I mean, Stingley could be—he's still PFF's top guy. What is he like off the field? Has kind of mailed it in the last two years. Plus, been hurt, but he was like going to be the top pick if he was able to come out as a true freshman. Um, I think there's a lot of questions there he's still got to answer. So the combine is going to be a big deal for him. Um, not necessarily the workouts, but the interviews. Trent McDuffie from Washington will be off some team's mm-hmm. board just because he isn't that big. But I still think he's like 5'11", and he's not like small frame. He just doesn't isn't super long. Um, there will be some of that with these guys, but a lot of it's going to be fit and flavor kind of. But, yeah, Gordon, I mean, he's probably going to – he was on the Feldman's Freaks, I believe. So he's probably going to absolutely <laughs> blow it up at the combine. Um, so – that's a factor for sure. There could be a number of cornerbacks that interest the Bucks. I just don't know if they'll prioritize the position uh, at the end of the first round for sure. So we'll have to see how that all plays out. Um, lots of talk about Cal Trask. It is a little bit hard for us to speak on Cal Trask. I've gotten a number of, yeah. of people asking me to write about Cal Trask in a <laughs> Leo says Tiamu over Gavard. Yo, <laughs> shout, sh- shout out to Leo because he's done like at least Leo three always, super chats. He does. He always so, is. I love yeah. it. Uh, Leo's, Leo's always helping us out. I appreciate it, Leo. <laughs> and that's funny. We'll come back to that. It'd be very funny if the bandits had a better quarterback than the box. When this <laughs> it wouldn't be funny. It wouldn't be funny at all. But oh, man. Funny, bizarre, uh, more than anything. Um, uh, okay. So, um, Trask, man, it's just tough. Like, we, we won't have a great grist. 
we, we haven't have seen him, and we can't judge right. just by like what he did in the. Pre-season. He was horrible in preseason. So if I write something yeah. about him, it's just going to be like he was horrible. But like, but then also, I'm okay, like, off. what about Kyle? What if Kyle Trask got to work with the starting offensive line and the first team offense? Right. What if Kyle Trask got to throw to Mike Evans? in preseason? Even the backups were all hurt in preseason on the yeah, line. Remember, yeah. they were getting, bringing in like Brandon Walton and these dudes and, who and, never even practiced. Uh, Nick Leverett was playing center, and he had like never played center before yeah. in his career, and he's right. you know lining up there. Yeah, so. I mean, how many uh, Trask <laughs> had five passes dropped in the one half that he played in? The that's the right. Yeah, he threw game. a really good deep ball, if I remember. Yes, and then a couple. It wasn't, yeah, yeah. Um, Travis Johnson dropped it. Yeah, we dropped yeah. one, and maybe somebody else dropped another one. I forget. One was dropped and resulted in a pick. I think. I mean, so yeah, yes, just really that's right. Wow. Yeah, so was, long ago. It was bad. I mean, but it wasn't all him either. It was just a horrible in general performance by everybody. So, uh, man, seeing him with talent would be kind of fun. Like, I honestly, if Trask was starting this year, I would have low. I would predict the Bucks to be a top twelve draft pick team if Trask started going into the year. But it should be a very intriguing season. Like seeing how he grows week to week. He's gonna oh, have yeah. a great group around him, even if they lost Jensen, Jensen and Kappa and and uh, and Gronk. You know they're still gonna have a good group. It's still gonna be a good group around him. You're gonna be able to measure something, and it's gonna help him. Um, they're not gonna let him go into the into the season with you know nothing else at his disposal. They're gonna bring in weapons. They're gonna put people around yeah. him, and it's gonna be interesting to see how he could do in that situation for sure. They'll, we'll learn something every week, and who knows what happens. But uh, most quarterbacks that get drafted, most rookies, most young and experienced quarterbacks would not be able to step into a situation like that. Like how many guys go into the league and they step into situations that are like, Oh, you've got everything around you. Like it just, right. Yeah. That's never the case. I mean, look at Trevor Lawrence and you know, Zach Wilson and everyone else. It's right. (laughs) Somebody said y'all need to stop justifying starting Blaine Gabbert right now. And again, I'm just trying to be logical about it. Yeah. Like we need to continue to ask the question. Okay. If you cannot get a top tier quarterback, no, no one on this show is ever pretending like the bucks are competing for anything with Blaine Gabbert, a quarterback. But if you can't get a top-tier quarterback, you have to sell me on what is a better option and why. Teddy Bridgewater, uh, well, because he's played more games recently. But show me the evidence that Teddy Bridgewater is a quarterback that's going to get you from uh, t- picking in the top 10 to picking in the back seven of the draft. Like, right. There isn't any. Like, John, it just doesn't I, exist. I'm, w- I'm with you with the fact that, okay, if Blaine Gabbert is starting quarterback next year, the Bucs aren't winning the Super Bowl. But is there a way that the Bucs still make the playoffs with Blaine Gabbert as their quarterback? No. Because here's what I, here's, <laughs> I really don't think there is. I know the here, South is down, but I don't well, think there so is. So that's that's the whole thing for me because there's so many questions at quarterback at, in the rest of the division of the division besides Atlanta. But we'll, yeah. we obviously know that Atlanta has so many different issues. I understand that the Bucs schedule is much tougher this year because they were in first place last year. But – you know, you're going to have six games against your division rivals. So it's asking a lot. But if you sweep that, that's six wins right there. And that means for the rest of your schedule, you like in a perfect world, you'd get like four more and you'd get double digit wins with 10. But realistically, if you just get three more wins on that schedule, granted, you have to sweep the NFC South and that's not a guarantee. But if you get like three more wins on that schedule, Mm. nine wins might win you the division that year. And again, that gets you a playoff game and a home playoff game. They probably wouldn't go much further than that. I'm just saying you're right, but they probably play the toughest schedule in the NFL with a guy who hasn't played quarterback in meaningful moments for years. And he was horrible when he played. I don't know. Well, again, we're going back to he hasn't played. I know. He had some time in Arizona, but they they would be such what's a comparable scenario. I mean, has there ever been one? I mean, Nick Foles won a Super Bowl with the Eagles. Yeah, but he played like, (laughs) and he'd actually been decent when he played. He had some really good years. Gabbard's never had a good, never had anything. Like he's never. I don't know. It would. I'm just saying, like, I think Gabbard's not a very inferior and bad NFC South opens the door for anyone in that division to have a mediocre season. I hear you. Yes. Because all I mean, we said is the Bucks have a great roster. They just need a guy to not screw it up. Right. Well, all right. But Blaine, I don't screw think, it up. Right. But I've never seen a Bruce Arians offense that didn't put a lot on the quarterback. Didn't matter who he was. They went to the playoffs against the Panthers and they were down to their third string quarterback and it was Ryan Lindley or some crap. And yeah, it was just I like, all right, boy, like, go, go that, game was in, like, that game was in Carolina, right? They, yeah, it just so. doesn't work if you don't like, you'd have to change everything. It may, and Byron's influence could change some things and they'll make it more manageable. But, that's still an off. Like at the end of the day, that offense is you got to go win the game. Like if you're a quarterback, and if you don't have a guy out, I just don't know how much it happens. Yeah, I really don't. Um, 
I haven't seen it really happen where his teams have not had success if the quarterback hasn't balled out. Like you can go back to, I mean, maybe the early years in Pittsburgh, but that even then the offense has changed so much since then. Luck balled out, you know, when they had success in Arizona, Carson Palmer had his best years when he fell off and the injuries happened, that team went straight downhill. They were, they were, they went straight downhill from being one of the best teams in the league to not like, I think you need a baller quarterback and, it's okay if they can't find one. That's what it goes back to what I'm saying. Don't pay for a Teddy Bridgewater or trade for a Carson Wentz or a Jimmy Garoppolo or some garbage right. because those guys are not that. And so you are just not going to be that much better enough that it matters if you gave up assets. So take your lumps this year. Find out what Trask is. Find out what Gabbard is if you feel like you need to. And All right. I, I'm looking, I'm looking at the, the opponents for next year besides the divisional opponents. It's tough, buddy. Home, home games are very tough. They're probably not going to win another game at home because they got the Rams, <laughs> the, the Chiefs. Seattle, I mean, whatever happens with the Russell situation, they could yeah. beat Seattle. I'm sure. not ruling that out. The, the Bengals, the Packers, and the Ravens. So probably not winning at home. Um, and then their road games, Arizona, the Steelers, the Niners, the Cowboys, and the Browns. So, like, I don't know. Maybe they steal one against the Browns. Maybe the Steelers don't have the quarterback situation figured out. I'm just saying, like, it's not. Those are three potential, okay, I could, any given Sunday type of thing. I'm not saying it's ideal. I wouldn't say. Right. Put, you know, put a hundred grand on the Bucks to win. Here's what I would say. If I believed that the Steelers or that the Bucks defense was going to be like even Steelers level from the past. This past yeah. year was a little mixed bag because all the injuries, but all, the last past couple of years when they've had either no Ben or a horrible Ben, if I believe the defense is going to be that level, I would, I would maybe get on board with you. I think this defense is good. I don't think they're carrier roster. I agree. I carry agree a bad quarterback. Good. Like, I, I just don't think they are. I don't, we have to see more from the coaches first of all. Yeah. But, and I mean, we have to see JTS make a leap. Veo would have to play more. Devin White would have to make a leap. The secondary, I do think, will make a leap all out there healthy again. I do think that's going to happen. But those three guys are huge. Like you need to see a leap from them that's substantial. And for Veo, you know, you need to play more. And then you need to see the coaching take a step. Sure, too. there's I mean, a, a there's group, definitely a lot of factors into it. It's not. Yeah. You know, there's, right. the team will look very different by the next time. I have a I have a humdinger of a question to finish the show off for you. Uh, but first, I want to give a shout out, Jonathan, with the five or the ten dollars super chat. Thank you, Jonathan. Appreciate it. Congrats yes, congrats to, to you, John. John. Thank you, legend and fellow Pennsylvanian. Yes, let's go. P.S. Into Celsius now because of PR. Had an apple pair today and on mile five on my run while I listen right now. I love it. That's great. Good stuff. for you, man. Love hearing that. Yeah. Run, love the running too. It's great stuff for sure. Um, and I appreciate the shout out. Did talk about yesterday, the promotion, how much I appreciate and love all y'all. So I don't want to get sappy again on today's show, but it is in yesterday's show around the 15 minute mark or so. I think if you uh, want to hear that. So I do appreciate that to everybody. Um, I have a humdinger of a question to finish this show off for with you, Matt. Um, oh but, but first I want to give you the opportunity to tell people about the best show in town. Now the Tom Brady's not a Buccaneer anymore. And uh, it happens over at Pin Chasers where bowling, food, and fun can happen with your family right now. Absolutely, John. You could not be more correct there. Pin Chasers has so many events going on. Anytime you show up there, there's going to be something happen <clears throat> Sorry, happening at Pin Chasers. I'm speechless just talking about Pin Chasers. I mean, you go on Tuesday nights, it's their uh, pizza night. You know, you can have unlimited pizza after, I believe, 9 p.m. Then there's all you can bowl on Thursday nights. Bowl nonstop. $1 Miller Lights. They have different things going on and on and on. Just go to pinchasers.net. You can get all that information there. And if you're in the Tampa Bay area, they got multiple different locations, including East Pasco, Zephyr Hills. They got one right down the road from the Bucks facility. Uh, they got one over uh, in Veterans of Tampa as well. So make sure you go to pinchasers.net to reserve a lane or to book a party for friends and family. And make sure you check out their grill as well, too. It's very underrated. They bring it right to you. They got pretty much everything you want. So go to pinchasers.net. And the owner, Anthony, is a huge Bucks fan. So you're supporting a fellow Bucks fan. Oh, and he yeah. asks a ton of questions on the Monday mailbag. So he's wow. a very interactive Bucks fan. So go to pinchasers.net and you will enjoy it. Okay. Here's my question to you, Matt. Would you consider bringing James Winston back on a one-year deal. Wouldn't cost a bunch. For the absolute chaos and for all of Twitter to lose their mind, absolutely. I We've never seen James in this 
iteration of the Bucks jersey. Because remember when he left, they changed the Bucks mm-hmm. jersey. So we'd see Jameis in a it's new light. Literally. I think I would take Jameis over. Oh man. Yeah, like I don't know. I uh, he knows the offense. He clearly has chemistry with most of the guys on that team. Obviously, I mean, I don't think Gronk would be back anyway, yeah. but I mean, clearly he's played most of his career with Mike Evans. And yeah, I don't know if it was a one year deal again, like one year deal. I don't even want to call it a stopgap, but like if if those are the options, sure, I'm down with Jameis for like one year. If it's the Jets furious, I know. If it, if <laughs> it's just Jam- asking a question, if it's only Jameis or Blaine Gabbert, that one I'm not too sure about. But like, I would take Jameis over the Jimmy G. The and again, Jameis is better than Blaine Gabbert. We don't have to get crazy, right? All right, Jameis is better than Blaine Gabbert. I would right? take Jameis over like some of the other guys we mentioned too, and also because Jameis oh, yeah. is a free agent, right? If I'm correct, yes, he is right. So correct. again, it's a big getting, part of this. You're getting James. You have to give up something for the strictly other guys. as a as a free agent. You could sign him versus trading for a guy like Kirk Cousins. So right. yeah, I, I'd be on board. I mean, people, as you just said, people are going crazy in the chat right now. Imagine this actually occurs. People want it on, on both sides. Some people hate it. Some people love it. Um, I, I don't hate Fitz it or love it too. I I would love yeah. Fitz back just because I don't. I think Bruce would lose his mind with having a quarterback that throws. So many. Well, I mean, James throws a lot of interceptions too, but right. like well, fits the interceptions he throws. Some of these comments don't, don't make much sense, though. Like, uh, like uh, you, you know, you're going back to those days. You know, uh, Hewitt says here, oh, that's not true. I mean, it's it's a one year. It would be a one year contract. We're it'd be a one year prove a deal, right? It'd be, it'd be. We're not talking about going back to anything. We're just talking about best case scenario um, for this year. Tampa guy wants. Are you serious? Drug test him now. I don't know if he's talking about us or people in the chat. We're just <laughs> asking the question. I. I would choose Jameis over other options on the field purely, but I think the bridge yeah. is burned off the field. I think that they, they felt like they exhausted their possibilities or options with him. It would have been interesting to see for a full season if he had the opportunity in some games to actually have to put the Saints on his back if he could do it. I cannot describe to people how much of a – I actually watched tape of Jameis like during the season. I can't describe to you how much of a different player he looked like in the Saints – and not necessarily in a good way. Like he had opportunities to make big plays down the field, and he wasn't just did very not take them. like yeah, it right. wasn't very. But aggressive, he was, but very... he was way smarter. Yeah, like, I mean that was the big thing. They didn't want but, to turn the ball over, right? So he, maybe he just like kind of gets wound up and does what he gets told to do. I don't really know. Like it's really bizarre, but he was just like kind of totally neutered there, and it was yeah. That's like, I, honestly that's a pretty good way to describe yeah, it. He just, it I don't know. seemed like everything was taken from him, and it was just yeah. Maybe right. just if like if your first option isn't there, then just you know, right? It may be just such an adverse reaction to throwing a record setting amount of picks yeah. in his season that you just play it so safe. So maybe he doesn't have that bite left in his game. <laughs> he I don't know, he but... just he furiously studied Drew Brees that one year he yeah. was on the bench watching Drew Brees who couldn't throw the ball more than 10 yards down the field, right? Uh, I don't think there's any real point to bring in Jameis because he won't get you where you're trying to go. Although you wouldn't have to trade something for him and he would be cheap. And so in that, in that way, you could make some type of argument for it, but I don't think there's any real point to it because what if we go into the season with a quarterback competition between Kyle Trask, the Florida Gator and James Winston, yeah. So that would be, Oh, the storylines break themselves. Johnny boy. Oh my God. That would be crazy. But also, you wouldn't really get a good look at Trask or Gabbard, which I guess that they actually. Oh come about. on, have a little fun. It would be great. I mean, I, that part would be the drama would be hilarious. Like watching <laughs> Bucks fans would be incredible because a lot yeah. of them are Florida or Florida State, so and the battle lines would be drawn, which would be funny. But <laughs> I would love. I mean, that part of it. Oh, would that laugh, would be so much fun. I don't. Maybe see not that. for Bucks fans. Get a yeah. little frustrating. The team isn't right. having success, but right. Best thing oh, I can do man. is uh is go out there and land one of these top quarterbacks. Is all yes, that's it. Russell Wilson. Go do what you got to do. Let's get Russell Wilson. No, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Lots <laughs> to play out for sure. Lots of scenarios to play out next week. Matt and I will be in Indianapolis at the Woo! combine. We're psyched to be in Indianapolis. I'm so pumped. I've never been wait. to the combine before. Yeah, it's, good. it's it. great. It's great. I'm excited for you to go for the yeah. first time. It's a lot of fun. So we're going to be there. We're leaving Tuesday morning. Bruce Arians and Jason Light speak Tuesday afternoon. Matt and I will be there to capture that sound, to hear them. Last year, last time we were at the Combine, which is not last year, but the year before, right before they signed Brady, they basically told us they were interested in Tom Brady there, literally just like kind of straight up. (laughs) So we don't know who knows what could happen this year. We're excited to find out. Um, But they are usually two of the more 
open, I would say, uh, coach yeah. and GM combinations that are there. So it'll be fun. We'll have that Tuesday. We'll have a podcast Tuesday for you on that. Monday, I believe, will be Scott and JC uh, talk, breaking down some stuff for you on Mondays, uh, previewing some of the combine. And then Matt and I will be live from the combine Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and talking about uh, prospects, the workouts, the interviews, all that st- kind of stuff, and answer as many of your questions as we can. Uh, during those days so it's going to be fun it's going to be exciting make sure you're following along make sure you like and subscribe to the podcast that helps us out a ton we appreciate y'all thanks so much for tuning in we'll catch you again monday on another edition of the pewter report podcast out all the best to carmen Vitali. obviously bucks fans love her and happy birthday to dominic kianese and earl sweatshirt out